This podcast is brought to you by Convo Cloth, the official clothing apparel of the NBC podcast. For the latest apparel, please go to www.nothingbutconvos.com. Now, let's get into the latest episode of the NBC podcast with your boy, S. McCann. Good people. It's the NBC podcast with your boy S. McCann. This is episode 13, Eagles Midseason Review, which our team right now looks terrible. But we are in first place, so I guess that's a plus. My guests for this episode are Pat C and Nick R. And in this episode, we break down the first half of the season, pros and cons, mostly cons. So, sit back, let's get it. So this is episode 13, the Eagles mid-season review with my guys, Pat C and Nick R was good, boys. Not too much, man. Enjoyed that bye week a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah, yeah, it was a little peaceful uh, break for us, I think. Yeah, not seeing the slop on on the field, man. It, it was very peaceful. So our record right now is three, four, and one. We're looking real trash right now. Um, my grade for the Eagles midseason grade is a D minus. I think that yes, we will win the NFC East, but what is that saying? Because all the teams in the NFC East is trash right now. But for you guys, um, what is your midseason grades for the team, Nick? <laughs> I really want to give them an F. But because they're in first, I'm going to jump with you at D minus. Okay. How about you, Pat? Um, it's incomplete for me. I, I don't think that enough people that they anticipated being in their starting lineup have played so far through the first half of the season. Yeah. And so to, like, assess them without – I mean, you look at their offensive line, it's been rotating constantly. They lost a lot of their positional players. So, yeah, can you look at them and really put a bad grade on them with Carson Wentz basically stressed out in the sack that their uh, linebacking crew, aside from T.J. Edwards' most recent performance, was non-existent? It would be easy to do so. But I'm, I'm really interested to see when they start getting more and more pieces back to kind of finally get a feel for what this team really is. So the key injuries this year – I'm going to go down the list. Andre Dillard, offensive tackle. He's on IR, um, a biceps injury. Brandon Brooks, offensive guard. He's on the pup list, Achilles. Zach Ertz, tight end. He's on IR. He's due back week 11 with an ankle injury. D. Jacks, wide receiver. He's on IR. He's due back week 15 with the ankle. Isaac Salmonello, offensive guard. He's on IR. Week 10, he's due back with a knee. So he's due back this week. So Epps, he's our free safety or strong safety, whatever you want to call it. He's a backup, basically, but he does play. He has COVID. So he had COVID November 5th. Nate Gary, the one and only Nate Gary, which is a bum in my book. He's a linebacker. 
He's on IR until week 12 with the ankle. Lane Johnson, he's been in and out the lineup with a leg injury, basically. His knee, ankle, his basically his old whole leg. Jason Peters, offensive tackle. He was out with a toe. He just came back last week when we played week eight. Dallas Goddard, tight end. He was back week eight. He was out with an ankle. This key injury really hurt the running game, and that was Miles Sanders. He will be back in week 10, and he was out with a knee. Alshon Jeffrey is coming back to practice this week, which is the bye week, with a calf. So, guys, what was the most key injury that we did have for our team that we couldn't lose? I mean, that's tough to say just one. I don't say for a key injury, just like having that much damage done to your offensive line, I think, is really, really hurt the team. Yeah, yeah, that offensive line took a hit. And you're just piecing it together every week. What about you, Pat? I mean, it, it shouldn't surprise anyone given his injury history throughout his career. But I honestly think that Deshaun Jackson kind of really threw that offense for a loop. I mean, Miles Sanders yeah. has been in and out a couple times, but like he's at least played a little bit. We're going on two years now since we got Deshaun Jackson back, and we had that one Washington Redskins game in week one of last season. And subsequently, he hasn't given us anything. And it's not his fault. Injuries happen, but it's just him not being on the field and having his availability to stretch the field and kind of open up the rest of the layers of this offense. You can argue that a lot of those other layers also haven't been there, but I think you were relying on him to provide you that deep threat these last two years. And the entire offense is going to flow through that. It's really kind of hampered a lot of what they do, but I mean, all your other points are well-founded. I mean, it's hard to point to such an extensive list as being, this is the reason that they've been struggling because It's so ridiculous, honestly. It's, crazy. It's, it's the point. Do they need to burn some like sage in that like clubhouse <laughs> to like kind of get some of the exercise, some of the demons out of there? It's they yeah. change doctors, they change trainers, they change front office. It's just don't matter. What are you going to do at a certain point? I know. And to to piggyback on what you said about Deshaun Jackson, our offense looks totally different when he's on the field due to the respect factor of him being, you know a wide receiver that can catch. Yeah, he has speed, but he's still a wide receiver that can catch where you have to respect him off of that. Like, oh, if he catch it, he can burn one. So most receivers in the league, not most, but some receivers in the league, they have that top end speed, but they have stone hands. But he can catch. So he has, when he's in the lineup, man, like the offense runs better. It it, it just looks a whole, it looks so different to me. What do you guys think about Deshaun Jackson to the offense. Does does it look different to you? Uh, I mean, it definitely is because just anybody that if you add a deep throw on any team, I think it's going to change your offense just because now your defense has to respect that. But my, I guess, and I guess is injury I didn't think of, but Rager being hurt, yeah. I guess they always said you know he's going to be kind of like a Deshaun Jackson. He can run those routes, and then you lose Deshaun and him. Mm-hmm. I think that really hurt us. But, yeah, you definitely need Jackson's speed to just have the defense respect it. And we don't have it. <laughs> to, to build off of Sam's point, you were talking about top-end speed, Nick. Like, it's not just having that top-end speed. I mean, John Hightower gets open every single game. And Carson Wentz, a lot of times, has thrown dimes. And yeah. you have to catch it. It's to, the, it's to the point where you need to have soft hands. And, unfortunately, Hightower, whether it's a combination of he doesn't have the best hands or he's a rookie or he's overthinking things, He's dropped some really, really beautifully thrown balls. And Deshaun Jackson in that position, I don't think drops those balls. 
Yeah, I don't think he would drop those balls either. And even even with Rager, I didn't put him on the, the, the key injuries. He's still a receiver that we would need out there. Now, he has speed. I don't know about his top-end speed that much, but his intermediate speed, man, like we needed that. We needed something out there just because, okay, yeah, we, we can depend on Hightower, but like you said, he has stone hands. Like, he, he he's getting there, but he can't catch the ball or will, will it in. So, yeah, that hurts too. He can't even track the ball. Yeah, he can't to, track to the drop ball. drop it. Yeah, it's terrible. Is so, this the time that we circle back to our previous podcast where we talked about how not drafting Justin Jefferson didn't look great at that moment and now looks ridiculously awful right now? Oh, my gosh. Uh, you, it I looks crazy, man. Jefferson, you can go like the next three receivers, I believe, maybe four. But, yeah, yeah. Jefferson, Justin Jefferson looking amazing. You try not to think too much because Rager's been hurt. But still, it's like you see this guy's doing – and Rager in the few games he's played hasn't looked as good as Jefferson so far. Nah, so we'll he see. hasn't looked good. But we still got, you know, it's halfway. We we got, you know, more games to go. So the Carson Wentz that we see now is not the Carson Wentz that we thought we would have in a quarterback. So his turnover problems, his decision making and not throwing away the ball when he needs to. He's looking like, I don't know, I, don't, I can't even explain what he's looking like right now because the guy has all the talent in the world, but I guess he has some type of turnover demons where he's just making bad decisions. What are your guys' take on um, Carson Wentz and his bad decision-making? Uh, I'm really worried about Wentz because it seems like it's just all mental and we've just seen to like throughout sports just sometimes these players get that in their head they don't come back from it or definitely not the same i mean Wentz, as far as i can remember this is really his only bad year he's had for us i mean he's had the injuries but he's looked i mean just stupid sometimes with stuff he's doing yeah. he holds it he's rolling out no one's there and he just holds it then the one time he got to believe, I remember it was two weeks ago, he finally threw it away, but he's inside the pocket. Like, gets the penalty. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, and you still see some glimpses like Pat talk. He's been throwing sometimes. Then sometimes he's throwing past him. It's like, where? It's, it's really, really worrisome for me with him. I, uh, I was listening to, I don't know if I was listening to WIP, but Brian Baldinger was on. He was talking about how Carson Wentz lacks the confidence that you need to be an NFL quarterback aside from throwing the football to Travis Fulgham. And it, I was thinking back to the last four weeks of the previous season where basically he threw this team on his shoulder, carried them, and did everything that he possibly could in his power to bring that team of backups and practice squad guys to the playoffs. And I almost feel like we're being punished because he thinks that he needs to do that so much. He doesn't yeah. realize that he's capable of playing within himself facilitating the ball and getting it around to whatever weapons he has in the field. And it doesn't always take a heroic Herculean effort to win a football game. Just get the ball out, take your reads and play within yourself. And it's almost like I said, I think he, he took the end of 2019 and thinks that he needs to do that every single week. And that's just not the case. Yeah, it's not the case. It's just like, man, just, 
like you said, go through your reads. If it's not there, throw the ball away. Or if it's not there, run to get two or three yards. It, it's just crazy because some of those plays, he has a running back right there. The running back is right there that you can just throw the ball to. He's still looking down the field. Yo, these receivers are not getting open. There's only one receiver that we have that's getting over, open right now, and that's Travis Fogum. Everybody else is not getting open. So if, if you have someone that's releasing out as in a, a running back, hit that running back. Get those three yards. Get those four yards. Chip away. He's always looking for the big play. And I think the big play is not there because we don't have those skilled players to hit that big play. And I think, like Pat said, he's playing off of last year trying to be the hero. Stop playing that hero ball and just let's, let's get a win. He's look, looking to play hero ball. No, play smart and let's these these yards and let's get a win and let's get out of there healthy. I was watching a uh, a breakdown of the Dallas game and they were showing the play that he had the sack fumble on fourth down and they they went through his progressions and he had Jalen Reger, I believe, wide open mm. in the middle of the field with plenty of time to step up and mm. throw that football for the first down. And instead, he looked at him held it and hesitated, and that allowed Dallas on their stunt to get through the offensive line. It was a simple read. Yeah. You see the guy open, step up, throw the football, advance the sticks, but instead, through I don't know why, what reasoning, he held, holds the ball and he gets sacked. It, it was just, it was textbook football. Just get rid of the ball, get the first down, and advance the, the cause, and he just didn't follow through. It's bizarre to watch him. Yeah, and it's like, He's doing it like his arm is not strong enough. Like he's holding on to the ball like he's scared to throw it in those tight windows or even not even a tight window. He's scared to throw it. He's hesitating like his arm is candy or something. Your arm is not you don't have a candy arm. You can fit that ball in there if you wanted to. It's yeah, it's mind-boggling to me. Yeah, Pat, I I saw that same breakdown and it was like you said textbook. The linebacker where he blitzed from I thought it was Ward, but it might have been Rager. Sat right in that spot, and it's like, just throw that. And then I think it was two weeks ago I watched the breakdown of the interception where it looked like it was a slant to earth. And it didn't look like pass interference, but then uh, I don't remember who broke it down. Earth was basically setting a pick because the play's supposed to go to Sanders. And then when you see it, Sanders is wide open. He's got room to run, and it's like, what, what are you looking at? Like, Everyone else can, like the you you see everybody, you see what you're supposed to do. You know what to play is why can't why can't miss him? I think you're right. I think it was Ward. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it. the 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 whole the whole crux of that review was was how bad both these teams were. Because if I remember correctly, Dallas basically put two men on one person flashing out to the right hand side and completely ignored the middle of the field, which is was like a catastrophic mistake if you have a competent offense that would take advantage of those sort of things. But yeah, I think you're right. It was Ward. So Doug Peterson, the offense, the play calling, and not running enough. Um, I don't even think that we could run based off the offensive line, but once you start running or commit to the run, you have your offensive line, you know, comfortable and, and playing smash mouth football. So to me, I can't really gauge Doug Peterson based on he don't have, you know, his weapons or whatever. But some of those play calls, man, was, was really crazy to me. What do you think, guys? 
Uh, D- Doug is he's in a real tough position um, with the injury. Maybe you can even go back to last year. Uh, we've seen plays kind of just like the two plays we just talked about, where you know he's going off the play, yeah. and if they, it actually would work. Uh, I don't know why he's going so far away from a run. I get it with that line itself, but you know he's not afraid to run. You go back to when we won a Super Bowl, he ran yeah. a ton. But my so I'm not I'm not really going to attack Doug too much. My only thing on Doug, you might need some new two point conversion plays. Yeah, man. Because I don't know what he's doing with some of them, and then he's running the same ones out, and I, you don't have any other plays. But, but otherwise, I'm not. I'm not hating on Doug. He he doesn't have a lot to work with, like I said, and he does sometimes will call plays, and they're there, and our players just miss it. And as long as he calls bad plays too, but I feel like that's going to be every coach. His play calling lacks creativity. It seems like that for the man who like made his bones on like the Philly special and like that dynamic offense in 2017. And, and maybe you could chalk this up to a lack of like personnel that he's familiar with and kind of flying by with whoever's position, whoever's filling the positions week to week. But it's just like a lot of it's predictable, even in the ones where he tries to like spruce it up with Jalen Hurts and the direct snap with Carson Wentz. Like there's no creativity. It's either a, it's a read option play almost every single time. Yeah. I, I understand that obviously injuries take its toll and you, you you run into to a lack of like personnel success but like i don't know i kind of expected more out of him and and it's it's a little early to rule it out and and he's done better in the past with at the end of the season as is adapted so i i think i think he definitely obviously the man won the only super bowl in philadelphia history so i am going to give him as long as he needs to figure it out because before him i was dealing with the likes of chip kelly and old Andy Reid, but yeah, man. it's just like, he needs to, he, he needs to be, get back to like his roots of having fun and being creative and mixing things up. Yeah, and I don't think he's getting back to having fun. Like, yo, just go out there and just hang loot. Like let it, let it all out, man. And I understand maybe some of those plays, he called the right play and Carson just fumbled or threw a pit. Like we don't, we don't know what's going on his play calling because the turnover issue or not throwing it away or not going to the next down. So that could have hurt, you know, the offense as well, which it did hurt the offense. Can I, can I cut in? I was, I was talking about like, like old Doug Peterson. Remember, I mean, like we talked about the Philly special, which was a bonkers call to make in the situation that he made. Yeah. He also called a flea flicker in the NFC Championship the week before. Like it's yeah, just like the crazy. guy used to just like go for it, and in the most like creative, exciting ways. And now it's does anyone honestly get surprised when he runs on second and eight? What is up with the second and longs in the run plays? Yeah, like if you're going to do that, you should have just ran it on first down. Exactly. Like. Now, now you running it. They know you about to run it, and we don't even get a yard or two yards. And now it's third and long. Like, what's going on? Now, yeah. yep. now you putting the offense way in 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 deep trouble because the offensive line is trash, and now they just going blitz. Yeah, I think that's actually best. We're predictable because whenever Hurts comes in, you know the play. Like, I think they've only made Hurts throw maybe twice. And it's like, let's just not do any readouts. Just let them sit back there and throw if you're going to continue to use them. Because otherwise, we all know it's, it's coming. Yeah. And yeah, he, he predictable is a great word back because he has come way too predictable. And the throws that Hurts made look good. Like, yo, you should do more of that. Did you guys see this week the, the, the quarterback controversy? 
quote unquote quarterback controversy with yeah, Brett Favre. Yeah, Brett Favre bugging. Doug Peterson not swearing him off for it. Yeah, man. Still Brett Favre is crazy, man. Chill, Brett. Sit back and relax, Brett, because you were <laughs> out there throwing a million picks a year. So chill. You was a turnover machine, Brett, and you didn't know how to read defenses. Chill. You talking about you ain't know what a nickel defense was. Come on, man. Brett Favre. I guess it's better that than him uh, him sending uh, explicit photos to Jet Sign Lab reporters. <laughs> Come on, Brett. He's bugging, man. So, Jim Swartz, this defense, this defense is bad. It's terrible, man. It's trash to me. Him loving Nathan Gary, the, the DBs not jamming at the line. That's something I don't get. Why aren't you jamming at the line? Why aren't you playing up on these people? Like, yo, they giving them 10 yards. That's a e- That's easy. If it's a good quarterback, if we facing a good quarterback, we are going to get ate up, man. That's easy. You, seen, you guys seen what Ben Roethlisberger did to us. Ate us up. Easy. It was too easy for him. He knew what we was doing. It's too predictable. This defense is too predictable. And Jim Swartz need to get fired to me. He's terrible to me. What you guys take on Jim Swartz? Uh, I'm sure I said it on the first podcast. I can't remember exactly. I have never liked Swartz. I never will. I think he's horrible. Um, he doesn't like to blitz. And this year, I think it's actually been the most he's blitz that I remember. And it actually looks like it works most of the time. And it's still like we'll continue to do it. Uh, like you said, Sam, Gary, I, I, I've i never seen a worse linebacker. Worst linebacker in the league. I've ne- I don't, not that I can remember, I've ever seen one worse than him. Yet, he always plays. I mean, it was a godsend, him going to IR. Honestly. I know. They love him. I, and I'm also, I'm, and some people like this guy, but I'm not a Jalen Mills fan. And there's another guy, Swartz, seems to love I, Look, Mills, I'll give him credit. The man can tackle, and he will do it. But he doesn't make plays on a ball for a position corner and now safety. Where he just doesn't for me. I'm sorry, I I can't stand him either. And Swartz loves him. I just don't get Swartz. And then you get um, help me out, guys. The rookie middle linebacker, or not, I don't know if he's a middle linebacker who looked decent in his few plays. They don't like to bring him in. You bring in Singleton. You bring in Edwards actually had a really good game like Pat there earlier. The guy from uh, Temple, you talking about? Yeah. Oh, is it Sean? Sean, Sean, Sean Bradley? Oh, Bradley, yeah. I want to see him. We don't see him. There's just a third-round pick who actually I, I re-watched when he was drafted. People take on him and it actually was not good. I don't remember his name either. But that that's to go with Howie, which we'll probably talk about a little later. But yeah. you don't see him. I just don't get what, what he does with linebackers. Uh, you got to give uh, big credit to Brandon Graham, who I actually have been hard on sometimes. He's having an amazing year. Yeah, he is. Uh, Graham really shown, shown up. Uh, Fletcher Cox looked, has looked better than last year to me. Uh, Hardgraves was been my disappointment on the line. And I don't like how he, like Vinny Curry coming back. And I, I want to see more sweat. I, I, don't, I don't want Curry to start taking his time. But sports all in all, I mean, that guy gets an F. You want to talk about great? Yeah, Josh Sweat got three sacks. Like, he's out there balling. Yeah, and I just like his time. But maybe he's just not making plays. I don't know. 
every time. But it looks like his his uh, play time has diminished a little bit. Yeah. But I can go on and on about Swiss, so I'll let Pat go now. Um, you're talking about Jalen Mills, and I think the hardest thing for Jalen Mills is that Malcolm Jenkins did what he did so successfully in every aspect and 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 you and it's it's almost impossible to follow someone like that. I honestly don't think Jalen Mills has played that bad this year. He's tried to fill the role and he it's just really hard to follow a legend like Malcolm Jenkins. I mean that's truly what he is. The the thing that I that bothers me the most about Jim Schwartz is he controlling his personnel or is he not controlling his personnel? Because mm-hmm. the the media presents the idea that Jim Schwartz has basically carte blanche over what defensive personality are retained, who gets brought in, and who gets let go. And if that's the case, his ignoring linebackers is the most ridiculous thing ever. Mm. I don't understand how you can completely ignore a positional group and pretend like that everything is going to work out well. In the past, he hasn't put a lot of money into it, but like think about the most successful years they've had. They've at least had one good linebacker, yeah. and you can say that Nigel Bradham, as time has gone on, has gotten worse and worse, but he was at least functional in their Super Bowl year. They started off the year with Michael Kendricks, Nigel Bradham, and Jordan Hicks. Hicks got hurt, yep. and they rolled with Kendricks and Bradham to the end, and that was obviously incredibly successful, and they made the personnel decision to let Jordan Hicks go, and Given his play in Arizona, that's a mistake. But to completely ignore it and think that Nate Gary is going to be the answer there based on no evidence because he had struggled his entire career was just ridiculous. Yeah. And so my, my last point to that, and I, Sam had brought it up at the beginning, the, the fact that they don't play press coverage and they lay off the, the wide receivers, and I don't know if that's, giving Avante Maddox a better shot because he's one of the littler outside cornerbacks. Your best part of this defense is your defensive line. Yep. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson, Javon Hargrave, Derek Barnett, they can get to the quarterback. Sweat. When you give oh, those boys. guys that gap and yeah. allow them to operate in that much space, it allows the quarterback to get the ball out before that defensive line can get pressure on the quarterback. And so when you run that sort of relaxed secondary you're not allowing the teeth of your defense to get their hands on the quarterback, and it basically ruins the entire operation. Yeah, it's, it's so terrible. And this this corner this corner group only has three picks this year. Three picks. Mills has one. Ronnie McLeod has one, and well, two. They only have two. The other pick was from Alex Singleton. The linebacker. So this DB group only has two picks this whole year. That's terrible. Terrible. And your main guy, Darius Slay, has zero picks. None. Now, that might be because he's the best corner and they're not going his way. But damn, two picks this whole season in the in the secondary? That's crazy. And Roby Coleman, he's getting cooked out there. He shouldn't be out there, man. He can't cover nobody. He's getting straight cooked every week. They're going after him. He's getting cooked. So I don't even know what might happen or how we're going to do things. And, and Jalen Mills, he had to go back to corner because, you know, most of the corners was getting hurt in game. 
So now you got Jalen Mills that was practicing as a safety. Now he got to go back to corner. He's getting cooked a little bit out there. Like, come on, man. Like, linebacker and cornerback on this team, they shied away from it in the draft. They shied away from it in free agency. They tried to Band-Aid it, Band-Aid it with Darius Slay. But, damn. They shied away from corner in free agency. They went out and got Slay and Roby Coleman. And from what I heard about Roby Coleman coming this, he was supposed to be one of the best. But Slay was a trade. That's not free agency. Well, I mean, that's still the offseason going on. And yeah. Slay has actually played pretty well, other, other than, like you said, he's not getting the picks. And it could be because they're shying away from him. Slay's well, a stud. He's playing really yeah, well. He's yeah, playing he, well. I mean, if you look at the yards and stuff, he's one of, I think, the top five in yards given up. The Roby Coleman one is, I don't, I, I didn't really. He's a disappointment. Yeah. But what I heard <laughs> coming in, I was real excited about this guy. And he has not looked good at all. I mean, he, I know I know they had to shift in the outside, which really is not as good. At, but still, I mean, this guy has looked really bad. But even I, I used to love LeBlanc, and he's even looked like like he's he's not progressing. He's getting worse, and I I don't know. It, it is, and then you just go back to what we released in Sidney Jones and Douglas, and you're like, ooh, do we do we mess up yet again? And you know who looked I good? Think, uh, I think Rasul Douglas ended up on the Dolphins, didn't he? Or Jacksonville, one of them. Dolphin. No, 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 no. It was um Carolina. Because I think I yeah, saw yeah. a highlight of him getting cooked on Sunday. It was, was Carolina. Like, oh, that's Douglas. There he is. I think it's Carolina. Yeah, he's he's Carolina, and Jones I think is Jackson. Yeah, he Jones. was Carolina. I'm sorry, and it was it was him getting cooked while on Carolina, and I was and I I remarked that feels familiar. Bring a smile to your face. Yeah. But the the one guy did all right to me in the game, Michael Jacquet. Y'all y'all seeing him out there? Oh, He's like number yeah. forty something, thirty eight. I don't know. He, he looks pretty good. I gotta give him credit. I yeah, he looked all right out there from the time that you know they just throw him out there. But he looked it okay to me. My big worry with him was I also thought the same thing about like I said LeBlanc and Maddox, and Maddox does not look that good either no. this year. I remember thinking, oh, they don't look that bad. Maybe our expectations are so low, that's why some of these guys look okay. Yeah. So this Jake Elliott, struggling. Oh, man, it's terrible. Like, if you missing field goals at home, man, you should get you, you should get the axe. You can't miss field goals at home, man. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, Jake Elliott was all right. He was solid. But now, yo, he's struggling so bad. Doug is like, oh, that's my guy. I'm going to still, you know, stay with him. But at the same time, you can't, if he missing field goals, that might be a field goal to win the game. And if he missing that, at least bring somebody in to look at him. I know you want to be, you know, have faith in in the people that you bring in and, and, and keep the guys that, you know, you signed and everything. But, man, he looked terrible. What you guys take on that? Uh, I he I mean he's looked bad this year. I remind me how how many years is this now for Elliott in the league? I think it's three, four, three. Yeah, it's his third. He was a rookie in the in the Super Bowl season. I looked yeah. it up somewhere a couple weeks ago because I was ready to cut him, and he's got a pretty big contract. I was surprised. I don't know what kickers make and what, but I was like, damn, he's making that much. And I wonder if will that be dead money? Maybe that's why they're not because. Everybody else in the league seems to be like a kicking carousel. They got no problem cutting kickers. 
and we're just holding on to him. I, I know the Super Bowl year he was really good, but I don't remember him ever wowing me other than that year. I mean, never been this bad either. I mean, man, he picked the wrong year to do this to us. Everyone else is looking bad. I guess he figured I might as well jump on it now. They won't notice. Yeah, his deal is worth around $21.8 million with $10.45 million guaranteed. So he signed a five-year extension through 2024. I don't know yeah. what he's going to do, but he's not like a Justin Tucker to me who I just know I can always count on. So when I saw that money, I was like, damn, Howie, what are you yeah. doing to him? That's crazy money. I, I get the feeling like that kickers are like bullpens in baseball and everything's kind of just like a crapshoot and like to commit to them long term, unless they're like an anomaly, like, uh, like a, a stud closer or something like that doesn't really make any sense. And it seems like we've committed to this guy and he's taken the predictable downturn that a lot of kickers do. So yeah. I don't know. It's just, it kind of, obviously in hindsight, it looks stupid, but. I don't know. It is what it is, right? We're, we're stuck with them, and I don't know how much dead cap he is. I'm looking it up right now, and uh, we have a lot of dead money if we cut him this year, but it progressively gets worse. And it's going to get worse, man, because he don't even look confident, and then his oh, legs I, I'm sorry. don't it's, even look it's good. It's 5.3 mil if we cut him next year in dead money. Oh, he, he's out of there. Yep. Yeah, he's gone. So this front office, Howie Rosen, not doing nothing at the trade deadline. To me, I'm thinking that he's thinking about next year's cap and he wants 2020 remaining salary to carry over. His drafting hurting us now. His positions that he missed on, linebacker, corner, receiver, I can go on. Like the, the players that we can name at the receiver that he missed from, we can say, what, 2015, five years. He had to miss like 12 receivers, at least. He missed like 12 receivers. And I'm just probably giving him a, a fair shake right now. But since 2015, he probably missed like 12 receivers, man. And it's crazy. Like, you see all these guys, you're like, yo, this is crazy. Like, Why? Why no one in our front office can hit on a wide receiver in the draft, that is? Like, it's mind-boggling. What do you guys think about this Howie Roseman? Is he, is he done? Like, does he need to fall back and bring someone in with a better football mind? Like, this can't keep on happening. Nick, before you start, should I go get my fire extinguisher? <laughs> that might not be a, a bad idea. I mean... <laughs> you said, I don't, was he ever good is my thing. I know everyone will always go back to the Super Bowl and this and that, but I mean, he got lucky more than him doing anything, I think. And I know I'm being real negative. Like Pat, as Sam just said, what, how many series he missed? What receiver has he hit on yet? Yeah. I mean, none. What, none, exactly. What corner has he hit on yet? I mean, play, yes, the trade, but draft wise. Yeah, draft wise, yeah. I'm I'm trying to think. Other than I'll give him. Um, actually, I don't think he drafted Lane Johnson. That might have been Chip Kelly. Yeah, uh, Chip. That's Chip first year drafted Lane Johnson. I'm trying to think who who he really drafted. That um, Miles Sanders looks good. I'm trying to be positive here before. That really, uh, but was that really was that really him? Because that was collaborative. Like 
you knew, like, yo, they loved Miles Sanders. The whole room loved Miles Sanders. Deuce well, loved the him. If you start getting into that, then it's like, well, then I can't put as much on him if everything's collaborative. Just like, like Pat said earlier, I don't know how much Swartz has over the defense. So some of that, if Swartz is telling Howie, too, who to get, some of it's not on him. But, I mean, he's not telling everything. Like I said, that third-round linebacker, whose name is escaping me, and I just – no one gave him good grades. Then you look back to Rager. I mean, we see – I mean, he could be good, but you see what the people are after him. I'm always going to talk about the Jalen Hurts pick. I don't care if Jalen Hurts ends up having a really good career. That's a second-round pick that we need this year that's getting on the field for what? Five, six plays? Not game. even. It's like three plays. You drafted a position that we, we like, it's just, and don't, they can't go and say, well, look, we knew Wentz was going to struggle. Don't give me that. Yeah. Like, first of all, you knew he was going to struggle. Why do you still have, like, that, that? And then I don't even get why. Sometimes I, I think they should bench Wentz, not long term. But like I said, the one game play, the last game, he did that. You guys just bench him, put him down. And you, you wait, you, how he got this second round pick, at least use him. Yeah. I don't know. I really, and again, I'm sure there is some good how he has done, but when you really think about it, there's not much, and there's a lot of bad picks that he's done. I mean, Nick, I, I, I'm really it's Davion Taylor, Nick. That's it, Taylor. First, he's not getting on the field, and that could be Stewart. But when I went back and looked at the, uh, you know, what I mean, so-called experts. They were like shocked at that pick. They did not give Taylor a good grade at all for where he was picked in the third round. So, and then the only other like position where you see some development really is offensive line. But I really think that's the offensive line coach. I think that guy can really turn almost anybody given the time. Yeah, he I can mean, make any anything nice. Switch around. You, yeah, the offensive line has been great this year. That one's a stud. How many injuries we've had? <laughs> the offensive line could be a lot worse. So, but yeah, Hallie, I don't know. I'm hoping Pat Pat is a more clear thinker, and I'm hoping he can tell me some good that Howie has done that I just can't remember. I'll tell you, man, it's getting he's getting more and more indefensible, and I certainly try my hardest. You, you obviously have to take into account the amount of injuries that have happened with this team. So, like, you haven't been able to see what they're capable of doing, but then you could argue that injuries are just a part of football, and some teams get it worse than others, and we are certainly on a roll of team or a certain or a roll of seasons where we've gotten it the worst. But his drafting is just—it's really, really hard to defend. And in the past, it had been a collaboration between him and Joe Douglas, and now this year was his first run on the own. And we don't know how much Doug has to say or how much Jim has to say, but he ignored positional groups. He just ignored the linebackers. Like it wasn't important to field a cohesive, effective group of linebackers. And I just, I don't understand it to your point. When is the last time that we drafted an effective quarter cornerback? Are we going to count Jalen Mills? No. So it was the no, seventh I'm- round. It was a seventh round pick. Yeah. And we, we we messed up on the second and the third one. I I really am having a hard time. And, and I, I used to think that his his success laid in his ability to wheel and deal and pick up people through trades and recognize market inefficiencies of picking up players that people have kind of forgotten about. And he hasn't really done any of that the last two or three years. And mm-hmm. in my mind, I'm thinking of picking up Jay Ajayi 
and recognizing Chris Long's role and Patrick yeah. Robinson at the slot and those sort of pickups. But, but was that him three, or Joe Douglas? Yeah, exactly. Now he's not doing it. You wonder, was it even him at all? And you and you could totally make that point. But if I remember correctly, Joe Douglas was hired towards the end of the 2017 offseason. I think he had made a lot of those decisions before. Yeah. Ajayi obviously was during the thick of the move. But go yeah. back to last year. He got, uh, he got Avery for a fourth-round pick. And Avery had those couple possessions against the 49ers. And besides that, he hasn't been able to sniff the field. So, yeah. yeah. Nick, I, I know you've been beating this drum for a while, and I, I try to counterbalance it, but uh, I'm running out of ammunition. Yeah, and, and this year, he did hit on Travis Fulgham, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> you needed a receiver, so you just picked him up off waivers. They said that, oh, they had a grade on him in the 2019 draft. They wanted to draft him, but they, they ran out of picks. But Who's to say that you did have a, you know, um, wanted him in the draft in 2019? We don't know. You might be BSing, but. Wasn't Ogham like a six-round pick? You're telling me they couldn't draft him anyway? Yeah, six-round pick by the Lions in 2019. And, I mean, again, to be a little negative, but, yes, they they got Ogham. But the only reason he was brought up was because of injuries. Yeah. They didn't have, they didn't, you know. And, I mean, that's also, he just, he got the timing showing and looking to play, but. I don't know how much credit I want to give them about Fulgham. I think Fulgham just got the opportunity. He's making the most with it more than that. They just took somebody that was cut and they took a chance. Because they needed him because they didn't have enough bodies. I mean, the only thing I could say to that point where they didn't necessarily recognize the talent that he was, he was cut by the Detroit Lions, I believe, and they allowed Green Bay to sign him. If they had recognized him as the talent that they thought that he was, you would think they would have stepped in before Green Bay would have had the chance to sign him. Exactly. So I want to make a point with drafting receivers and one team, they get it right. Every draft, they get it right. They get a dude every draft. The dude pans out to be a good receiver. The Pittsburgh Steelers, whoever's in that room of scouting, of drafting, Whoever's in that room, they get it right. So let me break it down. Antonio Brown, a six-round pick. They hit on him. Emmanuel Sanders, a third-round pick. They hit on him. Juju Smith-Schuster, a second-round pick. They hit on him. Chase Claypool, a second-round pick. They hit on him. Dante Johnson, a third-round pick. They hit on him. Like, yo... It's like a gold mine over there. They know what they're doing. These dudes might not have a name. No one might not know them. But when they get to Pittsburgh, they do their thing in Pittsburgh. I don't know the wide receiver coaches. The the I, I don't know what it, what is over there. The water up there. I don't know what it is. But yo, we need to pull someone from that staff to come over here to give us some luck. What do you guys think about that? You can even go back even further. I think I think Heinz Ward was a third or a fourth round pick, wasn't yeah. he? Even Plaxico Burris is yeah, drafted. There by. you go. Plaxico. We can keep on going. Yo, they I, hit. For Pittsburgh, they not even just receivers. They're I'm what was the last time Pittsburgh won? Do you know top of your head? Two thousand eleven. They beat the Cardinals. Okay. It's been, been a little 'cause they've been a, like not like 
They had Le'Veon Bell. That I don't know what that is. But then James Conner just comes right in. They're constantly turning out linebackers over there. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say I'm sorry, Nick. It was 2009. I'm sorry. I I I, uh, I think the Saints were 2011. But go on. I, even further back. But yeah, they're they're constantly turning out linebackers. I mean, Shazier was that stat would happen, but they just replaced them. Bam. Yeah. Safeties are always good. Their their corners are always like no names, but they seem to play pretty well. That yeah, I agree with you, Stan. I'll take somebody from Pittsburgh. I'll take somebody from Baltimore too. They're another one that I think yeah. turn out some something, but. Honestly, I'm going to take anybody from what we got right now. Yeah, it's terrible. All right now, guys, what do you think? Do you think Howie Roseman gets fired if, at the end of the season if things don't turn around? No, they're going to move him like they did. They're going to keep him with the organization. They're just going to move him like they did when Chip Kelly came in because he's such a good cap dude. And they're going to yeah, give him I, more I, money and slide him out. And then they're going to bring someone else in. They got to, man. Yo, he has missed. When I say missed, you could have had Chase Claypool. You could have had him. If we talking about last year, you could have had this dude. You missed. It's I, crazy. I agree with Sam. I think, sadly, they will just slide him over somewhere. I'm going to be really upset if that happens. I, as you know, I, I don't want him around. Because even now, this seems to be the first year it seems like we're really up against the cap and I will give him credit he's always been good with that but now I'm like it seems like he's even starting to lose that because that's all I keep hearing is well they can't make this move or that move because yeah. cap, like I wanted Jamal Adams and he was available and I heard now again this is just what I heard I didn't extensively look over like there's no way they can afford him and it's like well, well who are we paying because we don't have nobody that good so what are you doing with our money and to bring up a point we were talking about earlier with him missing his trade deadline I actually thought now I don't know who was available because, like, Earth wasn't available because he's an hour. But I think they should have moved some of our aging linemen. And they don't do this year. I, I would do in the offseason, like, who's the guard? Brooks. Yeah. I would honestly move them. We got to, if, if the cap's that bad, they got to clear it out. And Brooks is only getting older. This is his second, I believe, major injury. Yeah. Um, he's been getting hurt. And Peters, uh, you know, I didn't even want him re signed, so he'll be gone. But they might need to look at moving some of those guys too, because they need they need money somewhere. Yeah, the money. The issue is if they and I, and you guys are a lot more uh, a lot more positive in thinking that uh, that Roseman's going to leave. I don't think that he gets removed from his post this year at all. But the the thing is, they they need to draft successfully if that's what their plan is. If you're going to move Brandon Brooks, you're going to move Fletcher Cox or whoever whatever veteran you want to move on from. You need to then take advantage of those draft picks if that's what you're receiving back. And they don't have the people that give you confidence that they'll be able to do that at all. Yeah. <laughs> that is very true. That's all I'm kind of saying. At least go to the offensive line. Because, like I said, I trust that coach to be able to coach someone up. Yeah. Ain't nothing so, on the defense. Nobody wants nothing on the defense. It's terrible. Yeah, Fletcher, and, and just and Fletcher. Fletcher. Yeah. Probably it right now. I mean, I, we didn't even talk about uh, Rodney McLeod has not been anything to impress me yeah. really in a while. And when it, they broke down that Chase Claypool, uh, I think it was his third touchdown against yeah. whoever it was, where for whatever reason Nate Gary was lined up over him, like right there. You got to recognize, man. Yeah. But then you see it, and McLeod, like, you go help him. Like, I don't know why that was allowed. Like, 
call timeouts to something like Gary. Just you call a timeout yourself. You see yeah. yourself lined up against him. Or you grab know. him. You grab if he did that to you, you grab his leg. But then because that's one of the few times I'm not going to trash Gary too much. He has no business covering him. Yeah. He not many linebackers really can. But McLeod, what are you doing? You gotta see that and help over the top. And he shifted the other way. McLeod has I don't know. Like this he another one just hasn't impressed me. Only bring up because we didn't talk about him. I think he's on a on a down year. Or career. His 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 career is going down. The ladder is going down on his career, man. It's done. Guys, we're we're being incredibly negative, and I think rightfully so. But we're two possessions against the Ravens and the Steelers from being five, two, and one. Two of the best teams in the NFL. One of the teams is only undefeated. And the other team, obviously, is a contender in the AFC. You have one or two series that go your way against Pittsburgh and the Ravens. You're like in a 5-2-1, and one, which is kind of ridiculous considering how much of a bummer this team is. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm actually you brought those games. I wanted to say the offense for both of those games looked really good, and I want to know where that offense went. And to, to just spin it to be a little negative, because why not? Also, if we beat the Redskins like we should have and not tied the Bengals like you should have, there's also two more wins we could have had. But, yeah. no, you're actually great. You're right. We we could be a lot better. But that offense, those two weeks, and as we talked about the Steelers earlier, they had a really good defense. The offense looked really good. What what changed there? I mean, we didn't have anybody healthy on those games that isn't healthy now that I can remember. The quarterback. This talent. This that team plays changed. to their talent. Yeah, it, it's the quarterback. Like he came out there, he came to play. Like the, everybody came to play. Like Pat just said, they play down to their competition. When it's a good team, they come to play. They don't back down. No, the play so, calling is there. About, Everything. We think it's a win this week. Who us? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, so win this Easy week. win or another where we're sweating it out? I'm sweating it out. That's right. Because they're going to be rusty. So the, the remaining schedule of the Eagles looks like this. The Giants, it's away. They're 2-7. and seven. The Browns, that's a away game. They're 5-3. and three. The Seahawks, this is the first game I can think of. The Seahawks is coming to Philly. We are always in Seattle. Oh, my goodness. That's a home game. They're six and two. The Packers, that's away. They're six and two. The Saints, that's home. They're six and two. The Cardinals, that's away. They're five and three. The Cowboys, that's away. They're two and seven. And Washington Redskins, the last game of the season, they're two and six. I'll give you my prediction after you guys. What do you think for the second half of the season? How you think that the Eagles will do? I mean, that four game, I believe it was a four game stretch you said. It might even been a five game stretch. The Cardinals definitely make it five. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't get much harder than that. Um so honestly they lose some of those games. I'm not gonna be mad at them. That's it. So you you gotta hope you can win you, first of all they gotta win the games that they gotta win. Like the Giants yeah. the, was like we talked about the division is so bad. They have they have to win those. Then if you can maybe take the Browns and the Cardinals, I don't see us beating. I don't, well, I, I mean, we really shouldn't say this. We almost beat the Steelers and Rams, like Pat just said. But I don't see us beating Seahawks, Packers, or Saints. So I'm hoping we can take. I'm hoping we can take Browns and Cardinals. We take one of those. I mean, I think we're going to probably have the division anyway, just because it's so bad. 
you take one of those games plus winning division, you have it. You have your uh, your home playoff game. Sam, the only thing that I'll say is we totally lost to the Seahawks at home last year in the playoffs. Oh, all right, my bad. I'm talking about yeah. like regular I, I, season during yeah, the regular season. You. Regular yeah, season, we don't like, never. We always play New Orleans in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, we do. They like to put us in the the teams really have that home field advantage. We, we always like to go there. But we got them at home both times this year, so yeah. so good good uh, good omens for us. I actually think that they beat they in that five game stretch. They win two of those games. I don't know where it's going to fall, and I don't know if it's both home games against the Seahawks or the Saints, but like. They won in Lambeau before. That Packers team is weird, man. There are certain yeah. weeks where Aaron Rodgers walked out there looking like old Aaron Rodgers, and there's other leagues where they get the floor wiped by themselves. So I don't really know what to predict of that team. But I think we get two games out of that, and we win the rest of the divisional game. So we end up with the 8-7-1. and one. That's how I have it, 8-7-1. and one. But these teams had look, they, they look bad, just like the Seahawks last week. The Bills beat the Seahawks last week. The Packers didn't look so good the week before. The Cardinals haven't looked good either. And the Browns, they trashed to me. That 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 five and three is a little weak to me, but the quarterback is trash. But to me, I think that, yeah, eight, seven, and one, that's realistic to me because I think we will get some of those games, but I don't know, man. As long as, as Carson is out there and he's not turning over the ball, that right there will give us the best chance to win. Those turnovers against those teams, oh, yeah, we're going to get blown out. Yeah, you can't do four turnovers against them. It's not a Danucci quarterback for those teams. The quarterbacks that we got to face, Seahawks, Packers, Saints, and Cardinals, oh, my goodness. I ain't worrying about the Browns. I think that quarterback is trash. But those four quarterbacks, they're going to eat us up, man. More importantly for my life expectancy, do you think any of these wins that we get for the rest half of the season are not stressful? One. I give us one. I don't even know which one, but one of them is going to be. Because we won, by a, we won right? by a comfortable margin against the Cowboys, but somehow I still felt like we had yeah. like sucked my soul out at least 20%. Yeah, oh, my yeah. soul was done, man. It was, it was. I was worried that whole game. I, I think we were going to get one just because we have to, right? I mean, just, it just has to happen. Inevitably, yeah. yeah and it probably be a, be the Packers just like last year. How we smacked the Packers, we blew the Packers. I said, "Come on, man. oh come on!" We did not. It was stressful as hell. Devontae Adams, Adams almost took twenty yards. <laughs> no, then we beat the, we beat them handily. No, that's, that's, your, that's your protective measurements, honestly. That's just like kicking in. Nah, we ain't beat them handily last year. It wasn't close, was it? I I, I remember Adams going off against He him. always goes off. He going he gonna to get 200 on us, man. We don't got nobody to stick him. Man. I'm more worried about the Seahawks. Although Lockett seems to come and go, but Lockett and Metcalf. Ooh. Oh, yeah, Metcalf is a beast. That's, that's going to be tough. We won 34-27 against the uh, Packers, and they had a last drive to beat us. So it was not stress-free. Okay. <laughs> so we won by right. seven. All right. Yeah. It, was, it was stress. All right. You got no, that. No, I'm telling you, Sam. That's, that's just, that's just your, your body protecting itself from, yeah. from the grief in the past. He blocked a few touchdowns out in that game. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Devontae Adams is cooking us. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, like, that's the two Rodgers is 
really weird this year. Like some games, he looks like old Rogers, and I don't know what's going on with that. So maybe that is one of the ones we can we can sneak. But who the hell knows? Yeah, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at the box score right now, and next to Devontae Adams' uh, receiving yards, it's just an infinity sign. <laughs> He's still going. He's still going. They haven't been He's able to figure out how many he got off us. They just chalked so it up. Yeah. So with that, people, it's a wrap. Episode thirteen. Thank you guys for chiming in with me today. Thanks for having us. It's rough being an Eagles fan right now, but you know. With that, people, one. So that was episode 13, Eagles midseason review, which in this episode, we didn't have a lot of positive things to say about the Eagles. But hopefully, during the second half of the season, we do a little bit better than the first half. I want to thank my guests, Pat C., and Nick R for stopping by the pod. And hopefully our Philadelphia Eagles will make the playoffs and look a little better. So with that people, stay safe, give respect, and show love. One.